Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Good morning. I know we, we just prayed. Um, can we say another quick prayer? Uh, Father, we just thank you so much for this time you give to us. And Lord, as, as we come before your presence, Father, will you uh, soften our hearts so that we may hear what you are saying to us. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it was about 13 years ago. That was when I was in my 20s. About 13 years ago, I, I went on a mission trip. Uh, to Kalmykia, Russia. It's about, it's about 200 miles or so south of uh, Moscow. And so we did this trip there, and I remember this, this brother uh, named Arthur. He was a college student at that time, and, and we had gotten into talking. Uh, we did a 10-day VBS. The first five days were with the children, like little little guys, you know, up to like sixth grade, seventh grade, about 150 of them. Uh, we had a team about maybe 10. And then the second five days, right when the children left, these college students came in, and then we did another another uh, VBS thing. And and that time we served more, and we helped, you know, the the native leaders there uh, help this trip. And and one night we we got into talking, and I was uh, speaking with. Uh, this man named Arthur, and he spoke English pretty well. And um, he, little background, we couldn't say that we were Christian at that time. Um, we couldn't outright, you know, uh, advertise this camp as a Christian Bible camp um, because the, the Kalmyk government kind of called us cult, like a cultic group, and, and uh, they're just like, throwing around this anti-government propaganda to follow this man named Jesus. So, so it, was, it was interesting. So, but we, we could talk personally with these people. And then, so I was talking with Arthur, and we got into talking about God and, and sin. And, and so he's like, yeah, I believe in God. And, and we got into the next subject. He's like, yeah, I, I guess I, I do believe that I'm a sinner. And then at that moment, we were talking about Jesus Christ and talking about how he was the only way that, that those sins could be forgiven. He's like, yeah, I see that. And, and I really like this man, Jesus. And I would love to, to ask him into my heart. And I was, I was getting all excited. I'm like, whoa, this works just like those, those Bible tracts say. <laughs> and so, so I, was, I was talking to this brother and then, and I'm like, hey, Arthur, why don't you pray with me now? And we could, you could accept Jesus Christ into your heart. And I was like, I was like, go, Jesus, right? <laughs> and then, but at that point, he just said, you know what, Christian, I can't. I'm like, what? <laughs> why not? It's supposed to work. But, but he said, I can't because my parents would disown me. Because they don't believe in Jesus. And, and if I went to school, 
I, I would be an outcast. I wouldn't have any more friends. Sorry, Christian, I, I just can't do this. At least not now. And, and looking back at that time, that because he was trying to do all these things by himself, it was impossible. In our culture, we are taught that if we put our mind to something, we could pretty much accomplish anything. We are taught to work hard. We are driven to be successful. We are deeply influenced by our family, by the people around us, the friends that we have. We are influenced by media. You know, I think we're pretty successful. We live in the richest nation in, in the world. And almost anything, if you're driven, if you have cash, if you live a good life, you can pretty much do anything you want in this world. However, in the following story, Jesus shatters the world of this one man. This one man wanted to enter the kingdom of God, but he got it all wrong. Like Arthur, the man, how the man approached this, would be impossible to follow Jesus. So let's uh, go into the, the text together. Uh, we're looking at Luke 18, 18 through 30. And it says this, And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I, I kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And in this, I'm reading the Luke passage, but if you look in the Mark or Matthew account, it says that he was very sad, he put his head down and he left. But this is more of a concise version. So, but he became very sad because he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he became sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. The big idea of today's message is what is impossible with man is possible with God. You know, I, I, I was trying to think of a, a title and... And very simple, think possible. You know, throughout the sermon, the points I will go through, I will pretty much throw everything at you that will 
make this whole thing seem really impossible. But I, I think that's the whole point that Jesus is getting across. By yourselves, it's impossible to follow me. Well, let's get right into the main points. First point, God is not interested in your things or, or good deeds. It is impossible to fully follow God with them. This man, he had great wealth. In those days, having great wealth was considered a blessing from God. This man was blessed. He was wealthy. He was rich. That's why Jesus said it was shocking. It was shocking to the disciples that it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I don't have a needle and I don't have a camel, so I can't show you. But it's, it's pretty impossible when you think of that. God was not impressed by his great wealth. He was a ruler. If he honored all the commandments like he had said, then he would be considered a, a pretty good guy. He would have been an honest guy. He would have he would been just like Jesus. This guy had it together. But this man wanted to take his wealth and all his riches and all his ruling authority, everything with him into eternity. You know, there are many religions out there that, that promote a salvation through works. That if you're good enough, you're good with God. That if you give enough, you, you're okay with God. That the path of eternity is, is that do everything you can to get right with God. You know, um, in one of my classes, we were required to visit other religions and their houses of worship. And, and so I, uh, me and a partner, we went to uh, an Islamic mosque. And we're, we had the privilege of talking with the imam there, uh, the leader of the, the mosque. And, and we just asked them, so how does this work? How do you get into heaven? And he just said, yeah, we, at the end of the day, we don't know. We just have to work hard. We just have to make sure our, our good outweighs our bad. And, and, and we just pray. We just hope that, that God will show favor to us. And right at that moment, me and my friend, our, our hearts just sink. It's like, how could you put your life into something like this? God is not interested in your things or good deeds to follow him. Following him that way is impossible. Second point, know yourself. Know yourself in the, the correct light. It is impossible to follow of God if we say we, we say we are who we really aren't. He already knows who you are. He doesn't need the fluff of, of who you are. You don't have to embellish your resume or, or how good you really are or you really aren't. This man thought he was something more than who he really was. Let's really get down to describe this ruler. He could have been a businessman. He could have been a religious leader of a local synagogue. In any case, he was a well-to-do leader. 
But let's set the scene again. This account was just after his encounter with children. In Luke 18, 15 through 17, it reads this. Now they were bringing, this is right before this encounter, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Many children were brought to Jesus for prayers and and blessings. So we see in the timeline that this verse kind of follows along with Matthew and Mark. And so we could say that this happened about the same time, the same day. And so we look at this incident right before, you know, children. Who doesn't love children? You know, being in a room with children, it just kind of brightens my mood. You know, you, you feel great. You, you're, you know, they're crawling, probably crawling all over him because, I mean, that's what children do to somebody who has such a kind face, you know, that, that, that Jesus would have. He loved the little children. So, you know, just picture, you know, these children just loving Jesus. You know, I, I know that a lot of you parents are saying, wait till you have kids, you know. <laughs> you'll know then. But anyway, but imagine this. Jesus with these little children. And here comes this rich guy. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Just kind of breaks up this this good feeling, you know. And and I I don't, you know, I'm not saying that you can't come to Jesus at any time. You can, but it's just odd in this, this time, time span. You know, he's like, good teacher, trying to butter him up, and, and this isn't a job interview or, or an application. God doesn't need to know or needs you to embellish yourselves. Like, like on a job application, you wouldn't put, I do data entry. You would say, I'm a data analyst. Or, or I answer phone calls. You'd probably say, um, I'm a customer relations expert. Or, I fix computers. Obviously, IT professional. I, I teach kids, or I shape children's minds for the future generations. <laughs> you know, and, and you know these things look good on a job application, right? And, you know, the resume it has all the keywords. Like, yeah, I nailed it. But Jesus wasn't like that. He doesn't care. God knows you. There's no reason to lie about your background. But here he goes from the beginning. Good teacher. Men, have you ever planned to, to ask your, your wife for something? You, you know, um, I, I just read yesterday in the news uh, that Xbox, you know, it's been for, around for years and years and years, and this year they're planning out to come with a new one. Exciting, right? And so you take your wife to dinner, you know, maybe, maybe stir up a nice bath, you know, give her a little massage and... Honey, and your voice goes up that, that octave, right, when you speak. He's like, honey, you know, the Xbox is coming out, um, and ours is kind of old. Can, can we get a new one? You know, so, so there's that. You try to set up the scene so that you'll get a favorable answer. It, it's, it's normal. It, it's who we are. He then asks this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
when I read this, it's kind of like his pre-understanding of eternal life or eternity was put in monetary terms. Something to be bartered. What can I do to inherit? Something that he wanted. He, he wanted to be part of this deal. He didn't understand that it was a relationship with God. He didn't understand that, that eternal life wasn't the goal. Eternal life was a result of, of your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's him discipling us. It's him creating a new being in us. And the result is eternal life. He didn't seem to get that. Then finally, Jesus goes, sees his train of thinking, okay. Then he comes out with these commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. All these I kept from my youth. And you're like, wow. Wow. You think pretty highly of yourself, dude. <laughs> Do not commit adultery. Jesus said that if you even look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. If you are a man... You are guilty of this. Do not murder. Jesus said that if you hold anger in your heart against another person, you are guilty of murder. Again, we're just guilty. Unless you close yourself off from society and you have no relationship with another person, you are guilty for being angry with somebody. And if you have decided to close yourself off from society, you are probably angry at them. So you are still guilty. My first year of marriage was great. But I'd be lying if I said that for 365 days of the year, I went to sleep at night. Ah, marriage. I love my wife so much. But no, there were, there were times I go to sleep. I was, what is she thinking? What does she mean by that? I, I'm angry at her. I don't want to talk to her anymore. I just want to sleep. And, and, and you have those, those moments in your life where, where you want to be good, but you can't because that's who you are. You're just angry. Do not steal. Raise your hands if you use your company as your own personal office supply store. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, I never bought a pen. <laughs> My mom was a, was a nurse, so every time she would take off her scrub to wash them, she would empty her pockets, pen, notepad, you know, everything. And she forgot to put it back in. She goes to work, like, oh, I need a pen and notepad. And that, that repeats over and over again. So we had like a drawer full of like pens and notepads, <laughs> you know. So it's like, I don't call it stealing, you know, an intent, but still, it's not right. Do not... Bear false witness. Pretty much, do not lie. That needs no further explanation. (laughs) Honor your father and mother. He he loved his parents perfectly. I feel like if I were to write down everything that I did to dishonor my parents, there would be novel after novel after novel. (laughs) We are guilty of this. But this rich... Rich ruler thought he was something special. 
he kept all these from his youth. What was he thinking? He was speaking to God. God of this universe, Jesus Christ. He knew the very core of who this man was. There's no reason to hide anything. You cannot be a disciple of God if you think that you are perfect and sinless. God cannot and will not use someone who is not willing to admit their own shortcomings. To admit they're sinful. To admit I can't do this on my own. Third, oops, take the first step of faith. Take the first step of faith. Because right now, we're, this is impossible. I can't do anything on my own. But take the first step of faith to let God guide you. If you show the willingness to take a step and, and surrendering everything to God, he will guide you moment by moment. It's not a one-time thing. Saying, God, I, I give you everything. Is okay, I'm going to go to John over here. No, he will guide you moment by moment. If you were raised in the church, then this whole passage kind of has a, a negative ring to it. You know, passage builds on our helplessness. You know, I, I, can't, I can't do this on my own. Everything is, is framed on the impossibility of entering to heaven. The ruler went away sad. The disciples were confused. The readers of this passage, you and me were thinking, wow, unfair. But get this, opportunity after opportunity, I would say Jesus reached out to this man. Jesus was asking him questions to get into his heart. Why do you call me good? Do you really know me? Let's change the story a little bit if we can. What if the rich man had said, Lord, um, you know what? Those commandments, yeah, I'm not perfect. But I try to live those out, but they're difficult. Can you assist me? Can you help me in my imperfections? But that's not how I was written. I hold true to all these commandments. He held up his wealth so much more than anything else. Jesus said, sell all you have. Look at your heart. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Be my disciple. I will show you what you need to do. Instead, he went away sad. He went away before Jesus could follow up with him. He made his conclusions and left. He just left. What Jesus said after, after he left was so important. After saying how hard and how difficult and how impossible it was for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, he said, it's impossible to follow me. After the disciples concluded that no one could be saved then. If this man, this rich man is so blessed and he can't get into heaven, there's no hope for us. There's no way. Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. This is the key to the gospel of Jesus Christ. My guess is Jesus probably waited for him to stay. 
Parents said, you didn't do one thing. Go sell all that you have and, and distribute to the poor. Probably waiting for a response. What are you going to do? But the man didn't even look at him. Just walked away sad. I believe that Jesus wanted him to stay so much to listen to what was next. What the next step was. God's heart, he wants to tell us the whole story. He does not want us to ever walk away from him because he will never walk away from us. What is impossible with man is possible with God. God made it clear through the Ten Commandments that we are all guilty of sin. We are, we are all unworthy to have a relationship with him. We are all sinners. We're all failures. We cannot be true disciples. We cannot enter into eternal life without being saved. Even after we're saved, we still cannot be true disciples of Christ on our own strength. It's impossible. So what is God saying here? saying, trust me, I will help you through this. I won't let you go through this thing alone. It's hard, I know. Trust me. I just go back again and again, just thinking, poor rich man. He just needed to say at one point, this is hard. Help me. Truth be told, God demands a lot. In fact, he demands your most intimate desires. He demands all your hopes and dreams. He demands your life. This is hard. In fact, it's, it's impossible. But, he will also help you. He will not put this demand on, on your shoulders, on your plate to, to watch it fall or fail. That's just kind of evil. God is not like that. He didn't let Peter drown when Peter's like, Lord, I believe in you. Let me walk out on the water with you. And Peter started walking out and he started to sink. Jesus didn't go, ha, 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 look, you're sinking. But he picked him up and he didn't carry him to the boat. He, he walked, I, I think he just walked with him and they both walked on water again into the boat. God's going to guide you through, through your steps. He will help you. He will see you through. God wants you to have faith in him. Take the first step in trusting God, then follow him. He will guide you the rest of the way. I know this message is kind of short, but what or who do you value? In your minds, complete the sentence. What I cherish the most in life is complete that. What is it? Is it money like this man? 
Is it your stuff that you've earned over the years? Is it your spouse? Is it your children? Whatever it is, good or bad, God wants it. Will he ask you to do with it like he asks a rich young ruler? To sell it all and give all the proceeds to the poor? Maybe. Maybe not. God knows you. God knows what's on your heart. Are you willing to follow that? Will he ask you to give all you have, all your skills, all your desires to expand his kingdom? Possibly. But that's for you and God to decide. God knows best. He knows what's in your heart. You know, some of you know, you know, talking with some of you guys here, that my work situation's been, been kind of difficult. Bad bosses, bad politics. It was just a, a very unhealthy environment. And uh, last September-ish, August-ish, we, uh, our departments were transferring, or they're going to move us to Mon Olive in New Jersey, and they gave us a, a package saying, you know, sign this package, you know, on July 31st, that's your last day of work, and, and, and we'll, we'll have months of severance for you, so, so you know, sorry, <laughs> you're going to lose your job. And then in my mind, I'm like, cool, that's fine. I, I could take my severance, just work out until July, then, then I could start going to school full time. And I was like, you know, Lord, I, I know I really want to finish seminary. And, and, and then like a few weeks ago, there, there was another meeting all together. I was like, yeah, what we plan to do fell through and, and, and things didn't work out. So we're going to look to extend your, your severance or your package till the end of this year and and I was like, oh, cool, more. You know, I have a little more time. I could, I could save more. You know, uh, both me and my wife were, were, were earning. You know, I could, we could just put it all away in savings. So when I go to school, I'll be comfortable. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to save a lot and, and just live comfortably. And, and just last, uh, last Wednesday, I went into an office and they said, uh, well, we're going to let you go today. Fired. Plans were shattered. Funny thing is, sitting in that room, I was already thinking, this is the second week of school. I bet I could still add classes next week. God had already geared me for something else. I was shocked driving home. Trust me, I was angry. I'm like, I didn't do anything. They're putting blame on me of something I didn't do. I tried to argue this, but they wouldn't do it. But anyway, I was going home. I was shocked, angry, and, and everything. But at the same time, I was composing emails in my head. Dr. Green, can I enroll in your class next week? Dr. Coakley, can I enroll in your class? You know, I, I, I already prepared my heart. I'm, I'm going to full-time school. Right when I got home, I was looking at the, at the class schedule. I was like, yeah, this could work. But look at this. Without God, 
I believe I would have been a wreck. Without his plan in my life, I would have been completely destroyed. I would not be able to cope with the situation, putting all this pressure on my wife. But God made it possible. You know, Pastor Dave just finished up his series on discipleship. From the very beginning of this series, you know, this message, even before he asked me, was kind of like just turning and turning and turning in my heart. You know, and the night before, on Tuesday night, I had this, uh, I had this meeting, dinner with uh, he, my wife's old pastor, and we're talking, we're talking about church planting, and he's like asking me what my next steps were, and I was getting excited, and, and he's like, when are you going to finish school? I'm like, I don't know yet, maybe in July, maybe, maybe in December, you know, I want to get more money, and, and all these things, and, and then the very next day, I lose it all. <laughs> my plans are shattered. And I'm looking back at that. I'm like, wow, God, you are, you are pretty good to me. It's a deep sense of urgency that God put in my heart. God made the whole situation possible by just following and trusting in him. Surrender your lives to God. Lord, I don't fully understand what this surrendering means. I, I don't understand it. It's okay to bring that to God. See, I, I just don't understand this. But Lord, will you help me through this? Will you help me step by step by step? I want to follow you. I will give my life to you. At least now I'm saying it. And, and, but it's hard. It's going to be hard. The whole way through this thing called discipleship, it's going to be hard step by step. But you will know more and more every day that this God of, of ours will guide us, that he does love us, that, that he does want to watch us. Look forward. Trust in God. You know, um, the second week of, of this discipleship series, uh, Pastor Dave spoke on no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. It's not saying don't look at the past. Don't go forward and look at what you're regretting. At least I don't think that what it's saying. It's, what it's saying is look forward. If you want to walk in a straight line, look forward. If you want to look at a straight line, I'm going to look at that pole right there, and I'm going to walk right towards it, I'll be walking straight. What happens when I'm plowing and I look behind? It's going to swerve, right? So to be a disciple in this life, look forward. Look at Christ. He is solid. He will not move. If you keep your eyes on him, you will walk straight. Church, do not do this on your own. It's impossible. I'll tell you that right now. It's impossible. You could go far. You could, go, you could live your whole life meeting all these demands to what it means to, to build up for Christ. But at the end, you can't. You don't have the strength 
put your trust in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, to do the impossible. Let's pray. As you guys sit there with your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you this question. What We asked it before. What do you cherish the most? What do you value? It's the first thing that comes to your mind. I can't live without what? God wants that from you. Let's take a moment to, to pray. Pray and ask God to give you strength to surrender whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your life. You may be going through a rough patch. God wants that too. He wants everything. And he wants to guide you step by step with that. He wants to make impossible possible in your life take the next uh, couple of minutes to just pray before the Lord you know as I was reflecting on the message um, the thing that really stuck out to me is uh, God's way is always better you know um, to some of you um, I'm young to others I'm old but I've learned that in my life God's way is always better And I think that's what Jesus was doing with the rich young ruler. He was inviting him out of his own way into Jesus' way. And I want to offer this benediction from Psalm 86, 11. Lord, teach us your way that we may rely on your faithfulness. God, give us undivided hearts that we may fear your name for the glory and praise of our great God. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.